Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and I got to say, I hope you are having a, an absolute wonderful day wherever you are at. I'm here in Kansas City. It is a beautiful day, actually. A little hot, and it's going to get hotter later this week, but as of right now, it is perfect. And that is all I can ask for with the unpredictable weather of Kansas. We are currently on a bye week. I shouldn't say bye week, I suppose. We are currently in an off week for Kansas State football. But we've got some good things going on that I do want to talk about, some storylines to follow, and what needs to improve while heading into the Oklahoma State football game here in a couple of weeks. Before we do get into the episode, let me tell you guys this real quick. If you've heard it before, I apologize. If not, this might be your first time. If you're interested in subscribing to the show, please consider leaving a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts at. This is currently on Spotify in my mind, but I tell you what, anywhere is just as good, whether that be Apple Podcasts or any other podcast network. We appreciate it, and it helps us out immensely. Friends, let me tell you this. Kansas State, yes, they lost to Missouri, but they're sitting here 1-0 against a great UCF team. 1-0 in Big 12 play. That's a great day. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Joe, they didn't have their starting quarterback. I mean, this team isn't at full strength. No, they're not. But that's not what matters. That is not what matters in this case. The goal in every football game is to go 1-0 every single week. So far, K-State's the best in the league if that's the case. Going 1-0 every single week, that is your goal. You did that against a UCF team. Now you look ahead on the schedule. You've got Oklahoma State. They don't know what's going on with their team, and I don't want to you know, forecast something crazy, but Oklahoma State has been kind of a circus this offseason and even into the season, revolving three different quarterbacks with Gunnar Gundy, Garrett Rangel, and then also the current starter, Alan Bowman. They elected to go with Bowman to start off Big 12 play and took a loss to Iowa State. I believe it was 34-27. I apologize if that's not right, but I'm pretty sure it's within that scoring range. Oklahoma State loses to Iowa State and Matt Campbell, a team that also is going through it right now. They seem to be not in a great spot. Obviously, you lose to a MAC team the week before, but either way, it was enough to get a win. Kansas State's heading on the road to Stillwater. We've had some big moments at Stillwater. We've had some big moments at home against Oklahoma State, namely the 48-0 shutout here in the last season with Chris Kleiman over Mike Gundy, a game that was pivotal against a top-20 team at the time, top-15 team at the time. That was a huge win for Kansas State Athletics. But we've got them on the schedule. Following them, we've got Texas Tech, another team kind of in limbo at the moment with a quarterback situation as well. Obviously, you saw Tyler Shuck go down. He's done for the year, presumably. I know that the reports have basically said that, but he was carted off. I believe it was a broken ankle or a broken fibula, tibia, whichever one's in your leg. I apologize, guys. I'm not a doctor here, so if I'm just tossing out random injuries, I apologize. But he is done for the year. He was carted off and had his left leg in a sling. They are now pivoting to Baron Morton, sophomore quarterback, who, yes, there's been some people quietly in that fan base calling for him to be the starter. Not saying that Tyler Shuck doesn't deserve it or whatever the case is, but Baron Morton has had some big throws in his career. Last week, they had a rough go of things. You lose your starting quarterback, that's tough on anybody. Don't expect your game to just be sunshine and rainbows after that. That's just not how it works. However, they did have a shot to win that football game on the road in Morgantown. The game played out perfectly for Neil Brown and their schedule. It just seemed to work out to be cloudy, rainy, you know, you have to run the football, which Texas Tech has not shown the ability to do, despite having Taj Brooks. Whenever Tyler Shuck's out there, he has been their running back. That's how this whole thing has worked. Kansas State has Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, Houston, then you take on Texas in a tough spot of the schedule. And we'll talk about that. But where we're at right now, this is a massive win. 44-31 over UCF in this game. DJ Giddens, absolute monster. Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week, and he's deserving to be. Four touchdowns, 200 rushing yards. That's a great damn day on the ground. I tell you what, that is incredible. You know, Deuce Vaughn, a perennial all-star at Kansas State. 
Two-time All-American, one of the best running backs in Kansas State football history. Nobody's going to dispute that. Never eclipsed the 200 rushing yards mark and never eclipsed the four touchdowns mark. He had three, he had a buck 70, he's had a bunch of different things like that. DJ Giddens crossed both of those check marks off in one game against UCF. What a day for the Junction City native. And let me tell you this, moving even forward, that's a massive performance for every single underrated recruit. If you're a zero-star recruit, if you're a three-star recruit, even a four-star recruit that's just not getting the love you feel you deserve, come to Kansas State. Chris Kleiman will turn you into an NFL player. DJ Giddens, not ranked coming out of high school, ends up going to Kansas State and sitting behind Deuce Vaughn. He learns, he's seen the offense, he's now there, and he's the dude, man. He is a dog. And this is no slight to Trayshawn Ward, but DJ Giddens proved his capability the other night against UCF. UCF, I know they're going to get a lot of crap for that defense. They give up a chunk of yards on the ground. But here's the thing. Every single dude on that D-line is 300-plus pounds. DJ Giddens was shredding dudes off like nothing. I mean, he's, he's carving through the defense like hot butter. I mean, the guy's moving, he's breaking tackles, he's scoring. He was everywhere for Kansas State. And that's a big thing because Oklahoma State, they are not good at defending the run. They gave up 243 yards of rushing to South Alabama a couple weeks ago. That's a ton. DJ Giddens, Will Howard combined for six rushing touchdowns on the ground. And in case we have something to talk about on the Will Howard front, I need everybody to pump the brakes on the Will Howard disrespect. I'll say it. There's people out there that think Avery Johnson deserves a, deserves a look. I'm not going to say that he doesn't. I'm not going to say that he's not a good quarterback and not capable, but Will Howard gives you the best chance to win every single week and gives you the best chance to win a Big 12 title game. That performance was incredible. No, he didn't throw for five touchdowns and was perfect in every case. He did have the interception, the token interception we've seen for the first couple of weeks. But here's the thing. I'm going to point fingers. I don't usually do it. That one's 100% on Keegan Johnson. I mean, that's just not a route where it's not really set up for Will. Like, you have to beat your guy at the line of scrimmage. He doesn't. Will forces it in there. Sure, that is a part you can give to him. But Keegan got absolutely destroyed. I mean, ended up on his back while Will Howard threw that ball. You can't do that. You can't go to the ground absolutely have to be a contributor and even if you're not in a place to make a play on the ball you've got to play defense at that point as the offensive player you know what I mean it's just how it works you got to go to bat for your quarterback fight for that live to see another down and there's going to be things where Will's going to have more more of those situations obviously pressure has kind of had that but let's talk about the offensive line the offensive line lets Will Howard get hit once twice I guess on a scramble at a goal goal line scramble one sack on the day a ton of rushing yards for everybody and their brother Anthony Frias even got got going in the action. There were some good things happening on the ground game and in the passing game. The biggest difference is Christian Duffy. I've talked about it, and I'll pat myself on the back for this one. I don't want to go to bat too much, but Christian Duffy makes this offensive line a top 10 unit in the country. They do, because you immediately get the option to keep Cooper Beebe at left guard. Carver Willis, no secret, has struggled at right tackle. He's the newest name out there. How about Taylor Portier? Stepping in, looking great after two back-to-back season-ending injuries. The guy steps in with confidence, and he's a dog in the offensive line room. I think he's deserved a starting spot, and he should be out there for every single snap. I know there's other guys that are going to compete with that and contest that, but Taylor Portier has gone to bat for this team, and they look good when he's on the field. But there's no secret. It is no secret at this point. Christian Duffy adds that nastiness to the offensive line. Absolutely does. He's the dude that's rallying that unit, saying, you know what? We're here to destroy whoever's across from us. Before that, it's, hey, we're showing up to do our job. You know, we're going to try to block and do some good things in the run game, in the pass game. There's never that. We're dogs. We are absolutely here to be more physical, more energetic. We're going to beat you guys off the line of scrimmage and make you pay for the duration of this football game. Four quarters, you have to see us. That wasn't the offensive line you see against Missouri. 
That wasn't the offensive line you see against Troy, let alone SEMO. I mean, this team has drastically changed as guys get healthy. Now, I know that's not breaking news. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, wow, guys, we're better when all of our players are healthy. Yes, that's true. I'm not going to be the guy to sit there and be like, that's crazy how that happens. Absolutely not. However, with this bye week and with guys banged up, you know, you've got a list of guys on the roster that have seen some minor injuries. And then obviously you lose Daniel Green for the year. That one's not going to change in the offseason or in the, excuse me, in the bye week for any, any means. But what you see is you get a guy like Will Howard, you get him fully healthy by the time he has to play Oklahoma State. And he's not getting thrown out there in the middle of a Texas defense or Iowa State's defense for that matter. You don't have to face the best unit in the Big 12 immediately. Oklahoma State struggled. Guys, there's no secret about it. You now have the opportunity to get Will Howard back to 100% strength, or at least as close to 100 as you can. You don't know he wasn't playing at 100%, but he looked damn good against UCF, a team that I actually thought was going to give us more fits than it did. And I know that the score, you know, you can make the argument that the score didn't reflect the physicality of the game. That seems to always be the case for every game. The object is to go 1-0, and you did that. Now you have a bye week, which all of us, everybody out there, thought this was a bad time for a bye week. And I know you got to play eight games in a row and keeping guys healthy. I mean, you got guys in the secondary that are hurt and struggling. You've got guys on the offensive side of the ball that are hurt and struggling. Christian Duffy now can get some reps and be the full-time right tackle. That's great to see. R.J. Garcia got banged up in that game. He'll get back out there. You know, there's guys at the tight end room. There's Jake Clifton in the linebacker room. There's multiple people on this roster that can absolutely benefit from one week off. And not a full week off but just a week off from the constant hits of Big 12 football. That's a great thing to see. And then you get guys out there that can compete for a title because they're at their 100%. And if it wasn't apparent yet, we absolutely need RJ Garcia. Garcia is the dude in the wide receiver room. Jaden Jackson has looked great. He has exceeded everybody's expectations. One player that still baffles me a little bit is Keegan Johnson. You see the flash. You see the explosiveness. You see what he has to offer at K-State. But he's still not out there fully, you know, he's not 100% cleared, he's not 100% confident yet, I would say, just because he hasn't had a ton of live reps. I mean, his work ethic's there, everything's there in practice. You've just got to get to a point where they can feel comfortable giving him 60 snaps a game. You know, he's kind of been closer to that 30-25 situation, which granted, you're not going to get 84 snaps a game like you did against UCF, but if they can get Keegan out there consistently, 100% healthy or as close to that as you can, as well as just a little bit of time to merge with Will Howard, get on the same page a little bit more. Once he starts hitting his stride, the combination of him, Jaden Jackson, RJ Garcia, Philip Brooks, who's been a great player to start things off. That's a good room. That is a loaded room. If you can get Keegan Johnson involved as a deep threat, RJ Garcia was everywhere against Simo. Bring that back. We need a fully healthy RJ. Get him involved. Don't even get me started on Ben Sennett. Ben Sennett is Ben Sennett. And they called him in the game. If you didn't hear it, they said, he completes that pass to his All-American tight end. Are they foreshadowing Ben Sennett as an All-American? Because that's incredible. I mean, come on. That dude deserves it. The guys are, I mean, it's only been four games, but I'm going to say this. He's looked like the best tight end in football. He's up there with Jatavian Sanders. He's up there with Brock Bowers. You can make an argument for any of those guys, but... And also, BYU is a tight end. Uh, I forget his first... I think it's like Isaac Rex or something. I forget if that's not the right. I apologize, BYU fans. Don't come for me over that. That dude's looked good. There is an unstoppable factor in this offense that is yet to be showcased. And we're all waiting for it. Once we see the pinnacle that this team can be, there's going to be people in the Big 12 that will still say that, well, I mean, try that against Texas, buddy. You know, try that against Oklahoma. They're they're clearly SEC teams. They're a crop above the rest. They're going to beat everybody. I don't think it's such a quick thing to dismiss. And if you didn't hear it, I jumped on a podcast here this past week with Bosco's boys. Shout out to those boys, man. They do a great job. Podcast is incredible. 
the question was pitched of how many teams are able to stop the potential Red River rivalry in the Big 12 championship of Oklahoma versus Texas? How many teams are able to step in there and maybe contend for a title spot? I said Kansas and Kansas State. Those are the two teams that were pitched to us. I agree. The biggest thing I see is you have two confident teams. You've got Kansas, who has beaten Texas before. They're playing Texas this week as 17-point underdogs on the road in Austin. Two years ago, they won that game, 57-56 to with Jalen Daniels at quarterback. The team's healthier. The secondary's better. The team's on a cohesive unit. I would be shocked if that game is a 17-point game. I do. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to immediately go in there and win, but Kansas should give a lot of confidence to teams like that, and I think it's going to be a shocker for Texas when you see that. What you see with Kansas State, you're the league champs. You've beaten everybody. You've got some tough games in your schedule, but listen to this. Your next four games, if you can avoid getting anybody hurt, knock on wood, that is the biggest thing. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that life's all sunshine and rainbows all the time, but October 6th, you play Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Squeak away with a win on that one. Not squeak away in the sense that Oklahoma State should win, but it's still a tough environment to play on the road. Beat Oklahoma State, you're 2-0 in Big 12 play. Texas Tech, same thing. You're in Lubbock, tough spot to play. Baron Morton will have a little bit more confidence at that point, operating as the starter for two weeks. That would be a big game against the defending champs for them, obviously. Them playing Kansas State at home, that's going to be a big game. You come out of that game with a win, you're in a good spot. TCU, and I talked about this when the season started. This was the game I chose to have K-State on upset alert for a team coming into Manhattan. Now, TCU, they, they have taken a step back. There's no secret about that, but Chandler Morris is an underrated quarterback in the Big 12. Sonny Dykes is a great defense all the time. That's still a game you have to show up to win. You know, that's one of those UCF-type games where it's like, well, if things don't get off on the right foot, we could be in trouble. If you win that game, you have Houston. That game's in Manhattan. You have back-to-back games in Manhattan before going on the road to take on number 3 Texas. At that point, let's say K-State goes, what are they? They've got, they're 3-1 right now, so you get 4-1 with OSU, 5-1 with Tech, 6-1 with TCU, 7-1 at the Houston game. Houston ain't beating Kansas State. Unless something crazy happens, they're not. You're 7-1 heading into Texas. Say Texas is going to be around there too. You know, 8-0, 7-1. I mean, Texas, I don't know if they play Oklahoma before that game or not, but they, they're going to have a tough spot. Even with Kansas, I mean, they're going to have some tough teams coming into, into Austin, but that's a big game. November 4th, Kansas State, Texas. That's probably for first, or first place in the Big 12, maybe second and third, depending on how Oklahoma goes. Their schedule is absolutely soft. I mean, it's not that tough of a schedule to play for Oklahoma, but... If you win that game, you're sitting there at 8-1, and one, you've got a Big 12 title. Not necessarily guaranteed to win a Big 12 title, but you're in the game. If you beat Texas there, you've got a good shot at being in the game. The make of this season is going to be, can Kansas State avoid being surprised? A team like Baylor, you beat the brakes off them last year, got to do it again. This time it's in Manhattan. Kansas. Kansas is going to be a top 20 team, folks. The tides are changing. They are, absolutely. Lance Leipold has that team buzzing. This will be the most competitive Sunflower Showdown matchup that we've had to date in the last 15 years, 20 years. I mean, this is going to be an incredible game, and I'm excited for it. Got to handle business there. And I know that that's a game that everybody on Kansas's roster is going to be circling, ready to go for. You'll be tested in that game. Two weeks to close out the Big 12 football. Then you have Iowa State. That game's in Manhattan. Thankfully not in Ames. That's a big game to close things out. If you can get out of there with two wins, you can get to a Big 12 title game. I think. I don't think it's going to be one less, one loss or let at least teams. You know, maybe Texas goes, I don't think they're going to sit there and go 12-0 and in the regular season. That's just not the case. There's no way that happens. I mean, if it does, I will eat my words. Their team looks great. I agree. But here's the thing, and I've talked about it at length. There's one team in the Big 12 that's reached their ceiling right now. That is Texas. Yes, they could probably get better. But here's the thing. You beat Alabama. Obviously, Alabama's not the Alabama of last year with Bryce Young. You know, you, that team 
struggled with USF. I mean, they didn't get a first-half lead against the USF Bulls. You beat Alabama, that's huge. But you struggle with Wyoming for the first half of football, 10-10 or 10-7, I forget what that was. You struggle with certain teams. At some point, you're going to get punched in the mouth. And it's going to be a physicality thing. It's going to be an effort thing. Texas has yet to be tested. Oklahoma, and I know they, they won comfortably. I mean, a 20-6 win over Cincinnati. It's on the road, not an easy win. Brent Venables has that defense looking good, but they're they're definitely beatable. I know Kansas State doesn't play them in the regular season. Otherwise, you could chalk that up as a win for K-State just because OU seemingly cannot beat Kansas State. I mean, that is their kryptonite. I predicted an OU-K-State championship game. I still like that prediction. I don't know if Texas is going to be out of there. I think it's going to be a tough task, but it's going to be a collection of two-win teams. You know, I don't. I mean, maybe there's a one-win team as the number one seed, but like that game in Austin is going to depend. That's going to be a massive thing for the Big 12 title game. Because if you beat Texas there, you've got a great shot to get there, to get to Arlington. Because think about it, Texas has to play Oklahoma. If they avoid getting surprised by Kansas this week, they've probably got two potential losses on their schedule, as long as they don't Texas themselves out of the title. OU's got like one loss on their schedule, and that's Texas. One loss. I mean, they don't have a tough schedule at all. You handle business, you take care of things. Kansas is going to be a tough team for them, definitely. But I think it's just, it's not time to say, well, K-State, you know, we got to get better. Dude, we're one to know. Everybody's got to pump the brakes. Let's just roll with it, man. Let's roll with it one game at a time. It doesn't have to look pretty. It doesn't have to look perfect, guys. We've just got to get one win at a time to get to that title game. Greet every week is the new challenge. OSU is going to be a challenge in its own way. It's going to be a different challenge than Texas, but it's going to be a challenge in its own way. Every week, you try to come out one and know. That's the biggest thing. That's how you stack wins. That's how you get to the title game. If you get away with one loss in the season... Against Texas, OU, teams that are leaving for the SEC, combined with a top 20 team in Kansas, UCF's probably on the door knocking in. There's going to be a couple of teams like TCU that are close, you know, maybe ranked 23rd, 24th, somewhere in that range. If you can get to that title game, you're going to get a spot in the college football playoff with one loss. I do. I do think so. But it's going to be a long road ahead. However, Will Howard's the guy. DJ Giddens is unstoppable. That offensive line has not met a match yet. Like, with Christian Duffy, they can be that dominating group that can beat a team like Texas off the line of scrimmage. That's what this team can do. We just have to be patient and watch it unfold. You know, Chris Kleiman, Colin Klein, they've both gotten some flack, especially the timeouts thing and the time management, some play calling. By the time we're needed to win, like absolutely have to win games, they're going to be in full season form. They'll be ready to go. You know, this is a championship caliber staff. Obviously, they won a Big 12 title last year with Deuce Vaughn, one of the best players in college football. Then you go to play Alabama in a Sugar Bowl. That's got to be the floor for this season. If you really want to redefine what it means to be Kansas State football, this season is your test. Will Howard, you can deliver on that. Then you pass the keys over to Avery Johnson, and Avery can go deliver on that. There are so many reasons to be excited. I just don't think it's time for us to take a step back yet. Everybody should be ready for these games. Need fan support. Need everybody vocal about it. Need everybody riled up and ready to go. That's what we'll see out of Kansas State this season. K-State can become a title contender once again. They still are in my mind. I hope they are in yours as well. But guys, thank you so much for listening. I know this is a bi-week episode or an off-week episode, so we don't have a ton of specifics to talk about. But I just wanted to talk to you guys about my thoughts about what's next for the Wildcats. What's on the schedule? What's going to see? You know, what are we going to see going forward here? I was excited to do it, and I hope you enjoyed the listen. Once again, if you're interested in subscribing, go ahead and hit that review rating button on wherever you get your podcasts at. It always helps us out immensely, and we appreciate the support. But guys, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you here next week. Go Cats!